it's nil-nil, 30 yards from the Tranmere goal. It's Garber who gets it out. Oh, what a goal! That is a fabulous strike from Luke Garber. I'm sure he wasn't brought here on loan to score goals, but he just can't stop doing it. It's the player from Anderson. From Garber deflected, and Town score! Ipswich go 1-0 up, and it's Luke Garber on his team. from Garvey, pulls the ball into the far corner of the net and it's two goals in two games for Luke Garbett. What an acquisition he's turning out to be. Hello, welcome to Across the Park Extra, an Everton FC special. Delighted to be joined by a man who's unfortunately just put the curtains down on an 11-year career with Everton Football Club, someone that I was massively excited about when he broke into the team. We're going to be talking all things that of course, Mr. Luke Garber. Luke, thanks for joining us on Across the Park. First of all, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. Uh, obviously, um, the other day wasn't the uh, the nicest of days, but you know mm. you have to carry on with your career, and and, and my career's taking another path. So, um, you know, I wish Everton all the best in the future, and uh, I'll continue to follow the football club. Well, let's talk your career at Everton. This is an Everton podcast, but we can't miss out Leeds. I think when you you grew up as a Leeds fan, am I right in saying that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when I first started playing football, I um, went into Leeds United Academy. So, as a youngster, from an early age, I was always a Leeds fan. I was I grew up like twenty minutes away from Leeds, so mm. uh, they they were my roots. And then uh, when I was sixteen, I, I uh, got bought off Everton from Leeds um, and then that's where I started my career so that's why I've been at the football club for so long mm. is because I was at Everton uh, through the academy went through the youth team and the reserves and then made, made my breakthrough into the first team so I've got a massive affinity to the football club and you know I, I want the, the, the football club to succeed and obviously it was disappointing that I'm not going to be a part of it but um, you know like I say I wish the football club uh, all the success in the future. You've said there joining Everton at age 16. Now, I remember that, 2009, and you you were signed with quite a bit of hype. I've got a couple mm-hmm. of comments here. Uh, Ray Hall, the old academy manager, he was in the press saying this is very much an important transfer for Everton's future. Then you had Ken Bates coming out and saying the days of Nick and Leeds as players are gone, and it went to a tribunal. Looking back now, was that a bit of a, you know, a stress that you didn't need at the time, that publicity of your transfer? Yeah, especially the first couple of years, um, it, it was a little bit of a burden on myself, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, looking back, uh, I felt as though there was quite a lot of pressure on me to do well and succeed from the offset, really. Um, and also a little bit from myself as well. I, I thought that my pathway would be accelerated a little bit faster than what it was. Hmm. Um, but I had a little bit of time to kind of transition. And yeah, it didn't go to plan all the time at Everton Football Club. You know, I had plenty of ups and downs, especially in the academy as well. Uh, but then eventually I got to where I wanted to get to, um, you know, through, through perseverance and drive and determination to try and succeed. Um, but those early days were difficult, especially with the price tag and yeah. the, the tribunal. And, you know, yeah, at the time there was a lot of a lot of hype and, and stuff. I'd recently just got in the the England youth sides and, and all that type of stuff. So with that comes a lot of hype and mm. um, those early days were difficult. You know, I had to t- obviously coming from 
Yorkshire to Merseyside, it's a big transition. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it made me grow up. It made me realise that I've got to, you know, stand my ground and believe in my ability and, and eventually it, it'll come come through. So, um, yeah, it, it was something that I've, I've definitely learned and, and, and looking back, uh, there were great memories. Yeah. Well, that first couple of years, probably when how you'd expect a 16-year-old's career to go, you, you made the bench in a Europa League tie against Borisov. I think it was a dead rubber. Then you went on loan the following year to, to Cheltenham. Um, and you even played at Wembley, I think, in a playoff final. Unfortunately, crew beat Cheltenham that day. But on that Cheltenham move, were Everton quite fussy what clubs they sent you to? Did it have to be a certain style? Were there a few clubs in for you? What, what's the process there in a young player going on loan from a Premier League team? Yeah, I mean, obviously, they were very much kind of in contact with the football club um, and at that time you know I, I wanted to go and play some first team football um, I knew I wasn't going to get it at Everton at that time I was a young player coming through um, and it, it was something that I wanted to experience so along with me and the club we decided that that was the right decision for me to go and do and, and it to be fair it was a great loan you know we, we managed to finish third in the league um, that season and, and obviously got to the playoff final but unfortunately missed out but you know I gained a lot from that and uh, yeah. and it was great times but yeah to allude to your point of um, they, they were pretty sound with me going out and trying to experience you know proper first team football because at the time I was only playing you know youth team football yeah. and then the, the occasional reserve team game and like you can, you can see they're not as competitive as obviously first team footballers. So that gives you the experience and the know-how to be able to deal with those situations. Well, you came back the following season, 2012-13, and you stayed at Everton for the entire season. There was no loan out, and you actually made your debut in, in a, a Carlin Cup game against Leighton Orient. It came on a half time. When you made your debut that night, were you given the heads up by the management team that you'd get some minutes? What's the process behind you know getting your debut? No, it was literally. We, we were training and, and I got invited up to train with the first team for that week. Um, and then Moyes decided to put me in the squad. And I didn't know I was going to get minutes, to be fair. And then obviously the first half, we were up quite quite handsomely, to be fair. And it was it was looking quite an easy, straightforward night. So then he would he was just going to unleash the youngsters then off the bench. Yeah. And, then, and then from that moment on, I thought I was going to get some minutes. And luckily I did. Yeah, so that season, are you training with the first team then, that 2012-13 season? Or? No, it was very, it was very much like in and out. So they would, they would invite youngsters, um, you know, in in certain numbers that they would need in the training session. So I wasn't actually a part of the first team at that point, even though I'd come off the back of a really good loan in League Two. Maybe the football club didn't think that I was ready to be, you know, integrated full time into the first team. So. I was still always actively looking in every transfer window to try and get some more experience in, in league football to try and you know elevate myself to to be ready to possibly part be part of the first team at that point. When you are called up to train with the first team, is it nerve-wracking or is it a time for you to sort of get your head down and really try? I'm talking you're going from playing for no disrespect to Cheltenham to then trading with Marouane Fellaini, Stephen Pienaar, Leighton Baines. Mm. Is, is that a big chance for you or is it like a nervous, nervous day when you're going to Finch Farm to train? Yeah, of course. It's um, 
it's something that you always aspire to do. But then when you get asked to do it, you you're obviously so eager and so in anticipation to do well in that training session to try and prove a point to the mm. manager, to the other players, to see that you're a decent player. Yeah, that there is an element of nerves in there, but you've got to try and put them to one side and try and just perform the way you would do with your own peers. Do you know what I mean? People of your mm. own age. So, although your training was, you know superstars at the time at Everton Football Club like you've got to put that aside and they're just your mates trying to you know be your teammates just just act like that really and when you're young you don't you, you don't really think like that you're just so eager to impress that you just mm. you know you, you you try your hardest to to try and get in the in the first team and try and train with them regularly so yeah there is a there is a point where you do get a little bit nervous but they just get set aside pretty quickly we had to, uh, Tony Belly on the podcast recently, and, and what he said was he's never seen a dressing room as healthy as it was under David Moyes. Could you feel like when you were entering the dressing room, was that a tight knit squad? Oh yeah, yeah. The the lads were were top draw. To be fair, they're all well grounded. You know, um, they they got on really well with each other. There wasn't any egos. There wasn't any big time players. Yeah. So I think at that time. You know, it was a very solid and like, you know, it was consistently performing in the Premier League and getting to, you know, um, Europe and, and the, the season where they got into the Champions League, etc. So there was an element of consistency throughout that period, which reflected on the squad, really, because there was continuity, there was there was harmony within the squad. So uh, Bellew is right there in what he says, to be fair. Well, at the end of that season, um, a massive change happened for Everton Football Club. David Moyes left to go to Manchester United. Roberto Martinez came in. First of all, before we move on to Roberto Martinez, um, can you remember how you felt when David left? And what was the process there? Is there a meeting? Does he tell tell the squad? Or um, yeah, I think it was. A, I think he maybe addressed the whole first team squad in the canteen at Finch Farm, and just hmm. I think he he said like you know. Everton's a huge, huge club and I've had great success here, but obviously Manchester United, I've got the opportunity to be able to manage that football club and, mm. and things have materialised where I've got the opportunity. So I'd just like to thank you all, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I think he just addressed the squad that way. I wasn't actually in the, in the canteen at that moment, but that's what the lads had said. And obviously... Um, Were you gutted when, when David went or...? Um, for me personally, I wasn't that bothered. I was, okay. I wasn't that bothered to see him go because at that moment in time, I didn't feel as though he'd give me any sort of opportunities. Um, and you know, we we had our disagreements quite a lot of the time um, because I felt as though you know I, I wanted an opportunity to be able to prove myself. Um, he didn't think I was quite ready. Blah blah blah. blah. But um, obviously now we're going to allude to Roberto Martin as it was a totally different story. Well, I mean, you can't really talk about that that summer without addressing Leighton Baines because there was massive rumours that, that Leighton Baines was, was going to leave Everton last summer. Manchester United were very publicly courting him. I think Roberto Martin has even said in his press conference a few times, like, I don't know if he's going. He did eventually stay and then you went to Colchester on loan. Was that summer, was your decision to go on loan that summer or the club's decision to let you go on loan hinging on, on Leighton's future at all? I think at that moment in time, I was still unproven. So... You know, the, the, the football club probably would have gone and pursued another target. 
um, at that time. So um, at that moment in time, I still wasn't part of the first team plans. I was still a, an up and academy player with worth, as it were. So mm. the timing of the whole Colchester loan was, was perfect because it enabled me to gain more experience. And if I did well, I knew there was that pathway then to be able to, because I knew Leighton was undecided what he was going to do. Obviously, um, he ended up staying and and becoming an Everton legend, obviously. But um, yeah, that summer, it wasn't a case of if Leighton left, I'd be coming coming in. Um, I might have been coming in to to be a squad player, but I probably wouldn't have been coming in to, uh, to start league games. Yeah, well, you were called back in January. I think Leighton was injured for a few months at the end of 2013. Then Brian Oviedo had that horrific leg break in the FA Cup. And you were called back and you actually did get some minutes. You debuted at Southampton, I think, in the Premier League. But now all of a sudden you're, you're training full-time with the first team. You're a part of it. Um, as a fan, it was like night and day. The, the, the two seasons, um, Roberto Martinez seemed, as a fan, to like let the shackles off. The, the wing-backs were, were up. You had big Romelu Lukaku up front. What was it like for you at Finch Farm? Could you see the, the big difference in between how David Moyes set the team up and Roberto Martinez did? I'll be honest. Um, from my personal point of view, the, those sort of two years that I had with the first team, I felt as though Everton Football Club was moving in the correct direction. And the way we played and the style in which we played uh, was was a joy, to be fair. It, it suited my game. Uh, he had full belief in me. Uh, and that was that that was at that point I felt such I felt like I was such a part of Everton Football Club and I felt moving forward for the next ten years that I'd be on this journey. Don't get me wrong, like things got carried away with things, but from the point of view of the style of play, the things we achieved in the manner in which we achieved them in, in the fifth place finish, you know, doing doing well in Europa League. I, I, I felt as though the way in which we played was brilliant. However, we just didn't quite win something which I felt the squad and the team deserved at that moment in time. Um, you know, it deserved success. It deserved the trophy. Not, not, not just for us as players, the fans, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. The, the fans are absolutely quality and they deserve some form of success. And unfortunately, we didn't give them that. But, my t- my time on the road, I can I can say was unbelievable. A couple of players to ask you about part of that squad. They were no longer with Everton, but they were they were top players. Uh, Gerard De La Feo came over from from Barcelona, and he was dubbed the next Messi in the Barcelona academy team. And he was loaned out to Everton to get experience. H- how good was Gerard De La Feo day to day? Well, obviously I had to mark him every day in training. So um, yeah, yeah, it was tough. It was tough. It, um, we had some good battles. To be fair. But yeah, he, Jerry was a funny one, really. He, he was—he could just turn it on whenever he wanted to, but then there'd be some days where he was lazy, he couldn't be bothered, whatever. Yeah. Um, but the guy had some talent, do you know what I mean? He, he could literally do whatever he wanted with the football. Um, it was just that element of consistency at the time. You know, there'd be some days where it'd be unbelievable and then there'd be some days, you know, he wasn't, but... Um, he was a great lad as well around the dressing room and that he was funny and uh, it, it, it was good good to good to play with him and good to to test myself every day against him um, because his pace was frightening and he had a step over like I've never seen before to be fair 
But um, yeah, it made me, uh, you know, get better, and and those times were just really good. And um, I'm just disappointed that we didn't deliver uh, a trophy in those times, really. Yeah, another player I want to ask you about is someone who sort of came through the same time you did, Ross Barkley. Now, Ross left Everton, unfortunately, not on the best terms, and he's been booed a couple of times coming back. But when he was at Everton, we, we absolutely loved him. Um, what, what was Ross like again day to day? Is he is he someone that you you could always see maybe going up to better things? And that's no disrespect to Everton, I'm an Evertonian, but to go and win the Europa League with Chelsea and play for England, could you always see that from Ross? Yeah, obviously, it's well documented that... He was seen as the next prodigy at Everton Football Club after Rooney, mm. um, and you know I, I'm I'm a similar age to him. I'm like five months older than whatever. But mm. I played with him all the way through England age groups. Then I played with him at Everton. Like the, the guy's got unbelievable talent. Um, on his mm. days, he's, he's unplayable. Um, again, there was just that element of probably inconsistency at times at Everton. Um, and obviously being a local lad and the expectation being so high, I do feel at times, sometimes the fans got on his back. Yeah. But all Ross wanted to do was his absolute best and utmost for the football club. Yeah. And you could see that day in, day out in training and stuff. He, you know, some of the things he could do were unbelievable. You know, left foot, right foot, strong, quick, um, great height. Um, so he had, he's got everything. Um, and he would probably say um, himself that he might not have done enough for Everton in terms of delivering consistently on a consistent basis. But yeah, on to bigger and better things, and, and he has done. Um, and that's no disrespect to Everton Football Club because at the time, you know, we were there, thereabouts, but, you know, it didn't quite materialise. So for him as a professional footballer, he took a choice, and, 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 that, and I, I can't, you know, tell him otherwise. So. Uh, yeah, you know he's a he's a great football player, and uh, I wish him all the best. Yeah, I mean that following season you talked a little bit there. That fourteen fifteen season that was really your breakthrough. I think you played ten times. I, when I sit in the park end, it, it's more on the left hand side. And I remember the game against Young Boys where you were unbelievable. You, you set Romelu Lukaku up for a goal, yeah. and it seemed like you it seemed like you were arrived. You were actually going to push Leighton Baines for this, you know, for his shirt, if you will. That season there, that 14-15 season, it, for Everton Football Club, it wasn't as successful as the previous. We finished 11th that season. And that was when really the doubt started creeping in from a fan perspective, sorry, about Roberto Martinez, if you will, and the lack of, you, we can't defend and things like that. Again, what do you think the difference was in between his first season where we were unbelievable and then his, his following two seasons, it was two 11th place finishes. Was it maybe a lack of investment or was it, you know, something else? You, you were there. Yeah, um... To be fair, yeah, it was probably at the time maybe a lack of investment, but then the style in which we played, you could say at times was potentially risky. But I don't know whether the Europa League, because we would play on a Thursday and we'd play in some mad country somewhere and then come back. And there was always that little bit of a hangover on the Sunday. So, yeah. I think that's when our results started to dip off because uh, we started that season quite well and then towards mm. the end we just petered out mm. um, so I can't really put my finger on as to why but for me personally in that season like 
I didn't feel like I played enough for the performances that I put in, um, which I did. A, I, I had a few arguments with uh, Roberto at the time um, because I was always pushing to play. I was trying to, you know, training every day, trying to get myself in the team. Mm. Um, so from that point of view, it was disappointing, but I can't, I can't say that I wasn't happy with the amount of appearances I played because in those 10 games, you know, I felt like I'd done really well and I deserved to play a little bit more. But at that time, maybe Roberto just thought that that was enough experience. He obviously had Leighton playing week in, week out at that time. And he just felt that might have been best for my development, uh, which was frustrating. But in terms of the squad and that season, yeah, I do feel as though the Europa League had an impact into us finishing 11. I think if we'd, yeah. if we'd have managed that a little bit better with maybe a few more signings to 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 deepen this, I'd have finished a lot higher. Yeah, well, one sign we did make, and we've got to ask you about, is um, Samuel Eto'o. He's actually one of the world's best ever strikers. We got him at the tail end of his career and probably didn't see the best of him, but when he was on the pitch, he was still... Still a top top player. Uh, was was Samuel a, a part of the lads? Was he a good lad to be around? Or no? Yeah, it was interesting. It, it was he was some guy. Um, to be fair, um, it, it was surreal. To be to be honest with you, um, the the guy has had an unbelievable career, and he is you know superstars get sort of branded about too much, but he is genuinely a superstar in the football world. So. It's surreal to train with him every day and then to one side and trying to give me some advice. And I was just like, this is crazy. Like, I'm speaking to Samuel Eto'o, it's weird. But um, he was a good guy, but there was an element of him that was quite arrogant. You know what I mean? He expected things to be done. And, um, it was amazing, really, how much Roberto would lean on him in, in, in certain aspects and ask him things because of the experiences he's had at Barcelona and all that type of thing. So I got to see the side where the manager would ask him um, things and whatever, and he would relay his, his his opinion on stuff. And it made me learn as a football player, and it probably made the whole squad learn, because no matter whether it was me and Ross and, and Stonesy at the time being young players, and then you've got, you know, Leighton and Jags and all them, and um, they would probably all be learning off him because he's played at Barcelona, won Champions League, won everything. Um, so it was it was crazy, but to see him every day in training and and at that time, like you said, he was coming to the tail end, but you could see the quality still there, although he didn't really have the legs anymore. You could see it's definitely his finishing. We did finishing drills, and he was just amazing. How he would just slot it in the corner, and yeah, it, it was funny. He was a funny guy, and it was something that I'll always think, Jesus, I've played with Samuel Eto'o like it's madness do you know at the end of that season um, it, quite a strange question really but I think your contract was up and there was lots of rumours that, that you, mm. you weren't going to stay I think there was rumours that I mean you may have had a bust up with the Bertrand stuff I don't obviously want, want you to go into that too much but no. Brendan Galloway came in for the last last two games of the season as a left back and it was like you know where's Luke Garbutt yeah. and it was it was towards that you were leaving then then you signed a five year yeah. deal and stayed was that a bit of a crazy time and was, was there a chance of you actually leaving at that period uh, to be fair, like I don't really know how I should answer it, but yeah, it was a crazy time. Like 
All I wanted to do was play for Everton Football Club. I knew my I knew my contract was up. They were wanting to offer me a deal, so I was in continued continued negotiations. Um, I was playing for the England and the Twenty Ones, and I was and I come off the come off the season, come off the back of that season, doing really well at Everton. So because I hadn't signed a new deal, I was still in negotiations with the the couple of games left. Like I thought I was going to play the other, the next two games, two or three games towards the end of the season. I knew Leighton was struggling injury wise. Yeah. Um. And the manager just didn't pick me and he didn't even put me in the squad. So then I was fuming and I was like, what's going on here? And um, obviously, because I didn't tie down my future to the football club, he was thinking, well, I'm not going to play him because essentially he'll be on the market. So if he plays well, then he'll go to another team. But as a player, all I wanted to do is play for a football club and my contract was getting sorted out. It was negotiations. It was taking longer than expected. But that wasn't a reflection on me at that point. So I was getting frustrated. Mm. The manager wasn't letting up. And he decided to play Brendan instead of me, which, quite frankly, pissed me off. But, you know, that's football. It was mad for us as fans to see it because even though we'd heard that you may be leaving, you were arguably one of our best players at the back end of that season and we still needed to win games, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, yeah, exactly, yeah. Brenda Galloway's playing, who we're told was a centre-half, so it was even crazy for us as fans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was bizarre, to be honest with you. But um, obviously, the football club made a decision that because I hadn't tied down my future and the, and the discussions were ongoing, uh, it decided not to play me. So. It is what it is. So, uh, so how would you go from being being pissed off to signing a, a five year deal? Is it just a clear the air conversation with you and you and the club as it all? Yeah, I mean, there was all. The, I had loads of different things going on in the background, which I don't really want to allude to. But mm. uh, yeah, that's fair. It, there was there was certain situations that I had to get sorted out, etc. Um, but the 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 relationship between me and Martinez was healthy because I was pissed off that I wasn't playing I knew he wanted to play me but I think his hands were tied because I wasn't committed to the club at that moment in terms of I hadn't signed a deal so he was like well I've put a deal on the table you haven't signed it yeah. type thing so I'm not going to play it unless you're tied down so I was like whatever um, and then the season finished and I remember walking off Goodison Park at the end of the season, thinking, shit, man, like I could be leaving this football club. Not knowing that I was, you know, eventually going to sign a long term one. Mm. And I was gutted, like really, really gutted because at the time, like I, w- I felt such a part of the club. The fans were loving me. You know, it was, it was, it was a great time for me. Um, eventually, I did sign that contract. Um, I got things sorted in the background, signed it. But I signed it on the back of me being able to go out and play uh, first-team football. Um, I got a Premier League loan sorted. I went to play for England in the Euros that summer, the 21s, and uh, the club came out. I signed all my forms and stuff, all the contracts. So I was buzzing. I was like, right. 
I'm going to get a season in the Premier League to prove to Everton that I can play in the Premier League and then I'm just going to carry on from there type thing. Uh, and that fell through at the last minute. They went and signed uh, a permanent transfer because I, I alluded to that football club saying, look, I want to stay at Everton Football Club. I want to sign a deal with them, but I'll come on loan for you. And they agreed that. I'd, I'd, I'd met the manager and they'd agreed them, them terms and I'd signed all the, the contracts in there. Right, okay. So it was bizarre, to be honest with you, mate. Like, my, my, that, that day, I can just remember so vividly, like my agents ringing me and saying, look, the, the deal, the loan deal's broken down. Mm. I've never heard, I've never seen this before. Ken Wright was fuming, saying like, what are you doing and all this to, to the, the club that was going to take me on loan. It all started kicking off behind the scenes. Yeah, um, yeah. So then I was in limbo for a little bit and I was thinking, right, well, I've got this in my contract that I'm going on loan for this season. So, you know, for clubs, they're, they're knowing that my option is to be loaned out. So Fulham swooped in straight after. And uh, on reflection, I just rushed into that. I didn't meet the manager, thrashed out the deal. And then in a couple of days, I went down to sign to my medical and that was it. So I started started training with them and then it, it was quite late on. So we had the final pre-season game against Palace. I got injured. I was out for three and a half months. So on the on the last week before the season started, I got injured. And then things just started going sour from there. So that summer was a roller coaster and it was something on reflection. It was a massive turning point in my career. You know, I learned a lot from it. There was the, that was the starting point of things that weren't to go my way. And uh, I do look at I do look back on that with disappointment because I feel as though maybe if I'd abided my time a little bit longer, that I would have possibly had a long career at Everton Football Club. Yeah, it's mad as well because that season that you went alone to to Fulham, Leighton Baines got injured like straight away, and we played Brentford Galloway yeah. for I think the first four or five months of that season, and we yeah. were just like, oh god, sod's law, we've got Luke Garbutt on loan, yeah. and Leighton Baines gets injured, mad. So when you came back from Fulham, the manager had changed. Ronald Koeman was in. What was your experience like with Ronald Koeman? Was he, was he going to give you a chance or were you sort of, you know, you weren't going to get a chance under Ronald? Terrible. Absolutely. Absolutely terrible. Um, so what had happened was I came back after a shit loan spell at Fulham, to be honest with you. Like, I was in and out of the team. I got injured. Then I had a loss of form. Um, it, it wasn't great. Um, the team weren't doing very well. Um, so anyway... So I came back in thinking, well, all right then, I'm not done that great at Fulham, but you know, the, the club know that I've got still got potential, I'm still young enough. They've invested in me. Like surely the manager's gonna at least take a look at me in preseason and put me in the squads and we'll go from there. Yeah. So we went over to Austria for a week and all the internationals weren't there. So there was a few first teamers and then the rest of us were kids. Anyway, did that week in Austria, gets off the put gets off the bus um after that week and Ronald pulls me and says, uh, I'm sorry, look, all the internationals are coming back next week. Uh you're going to train with the reserves now. Um so you're not part of my first team plans. Just bang, blunt. I literally got off the bus and all the lads are getting their bags and stuff, and I just felt like Wow, like what on earth's going on here? Like 
you haven't even pulled me into your office for a private conversation. It's like, I've literally got off the bus and you're just telling me now. It was embarrassing for me. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, and then from that moment on, like, I, I don't know, it, it was just so many things that happened where I just felt like I was a commodity to the football club. And don't get me wrong, like, footballers all around the country, all around the world will probably experience similar things to what I have. You know, if the football club don't want you anymore, you, you're just like a fucking piece of shit. You know what I mean? They're not asked. Yeah. So, and, and unfortunately, that's, that's football and that's football clubs. So, yeah. um, you know, I had to try and find a way somehow to, to kind of revitalize my career from that moment on. And there's been a lot of ups, a lot of downs, and I'm, and I'm eventually on, hopefully, coming into a more consistent sort of career path now. But from ever since that moment on where Ronald kind of said, that, you know, I'm not on his plans, it's not really... You know, from that moment on, I didn't feel as though I had a future left at, at Goodison Park, really. It was it was crazy, um, the way in which he did it, like, so. What 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 does that do to, to you, not only as a footballer, but mentally, when all of a sudden you've got this new deal, the previous manager's telling you that we want you for five years, you're going to go and play and come back to someone coming in and saying, now nah, you can go, you're not a part of it. Is that, you go home crushed there? Is that oh, something yeah. that takes a, you know good strength, mental strength again. You love football, all you want to do is play football. All you want to do is be valued by the football club that you represent. So like when the manager gets off the bus and then basically mm. tells you, no, you're not part of his plans and to go and train with the Rezies, it's like, I've literally signed a five-year deal with this football club. Like, you know, at least give me the opportunity and the chance. Yeah. But like he just kind of fobbed me off at the nearest opportunity. And... There was no airs and graces. It was just as blunt as they come. So, um, looking back on it, you know, it, it was heavy, mm. to be fair. And it did, it did crush me a little bit. My confidence completely zapped. Because um, I've gone from such a high, in literally 12 months, I've gone from such a high signing a deal, going on loan to Fulham, to literally the Fulham loan not going to plan, and then coming back trying to fight for a place and not even get an opportunity within the first week just getting absolutely cut off um from that moment on you know m- the motivation and the willingness to be able to try and achieve that football club diminished a little bit um which was sad to be fair i think, I think you and, went to you, you went to wigan for a short spell and played, played a few games at wigan yeah. didn't you as well but then the following season you were just you were just there and, and you weren't even in the yeah. premier league squad I remember, like, I don't expect you to agree with me, but it was painful for me to see Kuko Martina playing left back, knowing that you were, absolutely. you know, you were there and available. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the geezer is a sound fella. Like, he's mm. he was he was he was all day. Do you know what I mean? Uh, the lads mm. loved him, all that type of thing. But like, he's right footed as a right back. So why <laughs> why are you playing him left back? Like, so that that was doing me head in. I was at that time. I was that cut off from a football club that I wasn't even training with the first team and they were playing a right-footed left-back. So, like, I was thinking, wow, like, this is this is mental. Like, this club must not rate me, not like me. Anyway, so I just cracked on, uh, stayed professional, trained with the reserves, played in the reserve team games. But at that moment, like, they weren't even allowing me on loan. 
So like I, I had a couple of options to go on loan to try and get some games again. Like it wasn't at the level I wanted to go to at that time. Um, from a football club, I wasn't. But they wouldn't even let me out on loan because of the threat of maybe a couple of in, you know. So I was like in reserve, as it were. So they wouldn't let me go. So that's why I had a full season where I didn't play any first team football at all. So like I was in the reserve teams were playing games, but and I, I got a couple of injuries. Um, but like I was just there, just stale. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'd gone, I'd gone past that phase of being a reserve team player. Yeah. So I was in absolute limbo, really. And like, it affected me mentally massively. Like, I know people outside of football and, and fans might think, well, you know, all he's doing is sitting on a five year deal. What's he doing? Like, all that type of thing. But all I wanted to do is play for Everton Football Club. All I wanted to do was have the chance to be able to play. But anyways, the politics of football didn't allow me to do that. So I had to try and find another way to revitalise my career. Um, and I just, it, it was it was mental times, to be honest, mate. And it's only now in the last sort of year or two that I've started to regain that element of confidence again. Um, so it, it did take a huge swing of momentum and everything away from me really yeah i mean i remember david unsworth came in as caretaker manager uh, that november and you hadn't been registered as part of the squad mm. by, by ronald kuman and he even said mm. when, when he was asked about martina playing he was like well i can't play luke because they haven't registered him for some reason you could see it even pissed him off yeah yeah exactly so that was the that was the most frustrating thing as well is that because i wasn't registered it was just a kick in the balls to be honest with you yeah so like the fact of no matter of football is a crazy game. So like you could have had me registered in the event of some mental happening. So yeah. in football, it's probably not mental. So the, the manager leaving and then Unzi getting a job isn't that crazy in football. Do you know what I mean? Like that yeah, could happen. Yeah. So like, like, so he got an element, he got the chance to be able to manage the football club for a few games. Well, if I was registered, he probably would have played me. Yeah. So played a lot of games in his reserve team, and he put he promoted you the youngsters up that that season anyway. So like I probably would have got the opportunity if I'd have done well, then that would have that would have kicked me on again. But it didn't happen, um, and that was frustrating. There was, there was loads of little stories like that. I remember um, Umar Nias didn't have a locker at one point, and he, and he was training with the 23s, and you think it's like a disciplinarian. It's like a head teacher mentality, even from the outside. Oh, yeah, I was I, I, I was the same. So, like, I was part of the first-team squad. The, the, the season, Koeman bombed me. My locker got taken away from me. So I didn't have a locker, um, and I was down to train with the, the reserve team, but I didn't have a... Obviously, I was not in the reserve team, so I wasn't in the reserve team change room, so I didn't have a locker there. So I, I was change, I was changing in like the extra little bit of the changing room. Like that's, oh. that's crazy. That is mad. Yeah, yeah, it's madness. But uh, yeah, so do you do you remember when um, when Sam Allardyce came in and we had an um, an AGM like like the annual general meeting, and one of the shareholders asked him directly on a stage, "Why isn't Luke Garber playing?" And he had to address yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. But that that's the thing, like, at the time, like, I was an unknown... It's, this is how crazy my Everton career was. So, like, from being such a part of the football club, 
coming through the academy and then making my breakthrough as a, a first team player and thinking I'm going to be a part of the, the football club for a long time. So then being absolutely cut off to the point of I'm not even registered, I don't have a locker, I'm training with the reserve team and I'm just, you know, becoming stale, as it were. Sam Allardyce must have thought at the time, like, to be honest, I don't really know anything about him. So, like, I don't, you know, they're putting it on my toes, I don't really know. Yeah. So, from a fan's point of view, I can totally see why they're asking the questions and they're thinking, well, you know, we've tied this kid down for a long-term contract. Why the hell are we not even giving them the opportunity? It's not as if it's not there staring us in the face, you know. So, like, it was just crazy times and it was playing with my head, thinking, like, why am I not getting the opportunity um, and all that type of thing. So, it was weird because Sam came in and then I started to train with the first team again and I started to be a little bit more involved with, with, with the first team and training with them a lot. But from my perspective, I'd had such a long time out into part of the first team squad or whatever, there was an element of like, Christ, there's a lot of pressure on me here to try and deliver, to try and, you know. Because yeah. I, I think at the time he was trying to actively, possibly try and play me. Yeah, I think you're on the, you're on the, you're on the bench at Watford's. I think you're on the bench, and we thought, well, finally, you know, he's going to get a chance. Yeah, I was on the bench. Yeah, I was it? Yeah, I was at the. Yeah, I played in a reserve team game, and Seamus Coleman was on his way back from a leg break, and we both played in that game, mm. and we done we done well. We played well, and he came to watch. So then we played Leicester on that that midweek, the following week, um, and I trained leading up and that. And uh, I remember, I think we played 11 v 11 and I was half like in in the team. And I remember like Walcott just mm. done me and I made a mistake uh, and, they, and they scored for me. And then I just thought, fuck, he's not going to play me then. So then it, that happened. He played Martina, left back. And I just thought to myself, that was an opportunity missed. but. You know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Like, I got the opportunity and I thought I did okay. But yeah, that, I think, I think on reflection, I was still hurting. Do you know what I mean? I was still like yeah. disappointed and frustrated that like my Everton career was just like fading away. And I was getting this little opportunity to try and get back in. And I wasn't right mentally at the time to, to, to attack that, that hurdle. So, um, you know, it's no reflection on Sam Allardyce. It was more of on me at that time. So uh, that was disappointing. But, you know, th- th- those things happened, really. Did anything change for you when Marcel Brands and Marco Silva came in? Did you get a glimmer of hope from them or was it the same sort of...? No, I mean, I think at that time, I'd already... Um, so that that's that after Sam Allardyce... I'd finished that season. Um, I'd already made plans with my representative that I was going to go out and uh, go and play first team football on a season long loan again. Mm. Uh, so I'd went and met a few clubs, and then I decided to go to Oxford that year. Um, so Marco had not seen me; probably barely knew me, uh, and that was never. Never on the radar, really, to be honest. 
Yeah. Well, look, football is a funny game, like you said. So I've got a mate who's a who's a Tramia fan to go off topic, and he went down to Ipswich um, this season. That you scored a free kick, and he came back and said to me, "You've got some kid on loan who's absolutely brilliant, the left back called Garby." I was like, I know, I know, you're telling me. So what was it like at Ipswich? Did you rediscover, you, and, and Oxford, to be fair, you sort of love for the game again, start to feel positive? Yeah, I mean, uh, so I took I took the option to go to Oxford at, uh, at the end of that season. And uh, the first half of the season was an absolute nightmare. But then from January, something must have clicked. And then I started playing really well. The team started playing really well. But I'd actually, the manager, started playing me further forward and I started scoring and assisting goals and stuff uh, and we did, managed to do really well on that second half of the season and then obviously last season uh, I went to Ipswich and I thought do you know what I know at that time I probably wanted to try and get a championship move but I just thought the stature of Ipswich it's a massive club the fan base is brilliant and I've, I've really enjoyed my time uh, at Switch last season. It's a great football club. Uh, the fans love me down there. And I just found an element of consistency. I played in the team a lot. You know, I was, a, I was, I was in the starting 11 a lot. Um, and yeah, I just rediscovered my love and, and, and passion for the game again, um, which, which I've really enjoyed. Um, you know, I had a few years just in the wilderness doing, doing nothing and, it was it was dark times to be fair, but this last season has made me, you know, fall in love with football again. Um, long may it continue, really. Well, look, we don't want to keep you too much longer. We appreciate your time. Um, just to to close out, really, a couple of last questions. When you look back on your Everton career, what are the highlights? What are the first couple of things that come come to your mind positively? Well, obviously the Wolves Wolfsburg away, uh, my first European start was amazing. Mm. You know, managed to get a clean sheet and win the game. Played really well, uh, and then obviously the uh, the Newcastle game, where it was my first Premier League start on a uh, on Boxing Day, which was amazing. I remember calling my dad up, and he was just like over the moon, Boss. just buzzing. Um, so those those are the two memories really, and then obviously the the season where we finished fifth. I remember. The lads just—I don't know—that season was just amazing to see. Like, I, I obviously didn't really—I played a couple of substitute appearances, but um, I was on the bench and that. But it was just amazing to see the fans and the team had a connection, and we were winning most weeks. And you know, the the Arsenal game comes into mind where we won three yeah. nil. The Man City game where Ross scored an unbelievable goal. Um, yeah. There were some great memories in there, do you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, it, it's been a, a crazy, crazy career in in terms of my Everton career. There's been some unbelievable moments and then there's just been some times where I've just felt so down and, like, yeah, it's just been crazy. But to finish it all off, like, those are the moments that mm. um, I look back on with fondness, really. Uh, and who was the, the best player that you played and, played and trained with at Everton? It's a tough one between Leighton and uh, Stephen Pienaar for me. Right. So them two, they're, they're, I mean, their link up was just crazy. Like, yeah. even in even in training, it was just in sync the whole time. Like, 
yeah, it, it was crazy. Obviously, you know, you had some talented individuals, uh, you know, like Ross and Romelu was just so powerful and his finishing was amazing. And then you obviously had Eto. But I just thought the consistency and the professionalism of, of them two and the way they linked up was just like a joy to watch. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I'd obviously shout out to Shameless as well. I think he was, he's been a top player top seven for Reverend. Um so yeah I've played with some really really good players at the football club and I just want to finally say to the fans like you know they've been brilliant with me to be fair obviously I addressed everybody on Twitter the other, the other day and it, and it absolutely went off to be fair with the whole Carlo incident <laughs> yeah I just want I just wanted to I just wanted to uh, say to the fans that the there are quality bunch of fans, and uh, I, I I wish them every success, and I want them. I want the football club to succeed, and that they deserve it. So yeah, no, look, I'm not just saying this, but you've you've, you've always had the support of Evertonians. I used to work in a city centre, and I used to see you around taking photos of people signing autographs, and you were, you got Everton, you're part of it. Such a top lad. It's it's a shame the way it ended, but from me as an Evertonian, I'm sure every Evertonian will agree. We wish you nothing but the best and success for the future. Luke Garbutt, thank you very much for joining Across the Park podcast. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye.